0: together if you want to just raise your hands to the God who knows you knows your every thought knows your name knows everything you're going through what you've been through this week and how the devil's been tormenting you he knows he knows the trial that you're in the middle of he knows the honey that's in that trial he wants to give it to you tonight so why don't you raise your hand to him and say Lord just come by my way tonight Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come humbly before your throne of grace once more. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you know us. Lord, you knew us before the foundation of the world, Lord. This wasn't something that you just got to know, but Lord, we came to understand that you called us. You draw, You drew us, Lord, and you brought us to this great light, Lord Jesus. You called us out of darkness when no one would even could even love us, Lord. You loved us, Father. So Lord, we just want to reach out again to you tonight, Lord, and ask you to come by our way. Lord, would you remember those who are at home tonight, they're sick and not able to come into your house. Lord, that have a desire to be here. Father. Would you just come by their way tonight, Lord? Touch them especially, Lord Jesus. Be in their rooms, Lord, in their homes, Father. Fill them, Lord God, once again tonight. Recharge them, oh God. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the ones you brought home. The Perizoc family, Lord, you brought them back home. And Lord, we thank you for the testimony, Lord, of Sister Sarah, Lord. And thank you, Father, would you touch her, Lord Jesus, we pray. Lord, we just commit our needs into Your hands, knowing, Lord, that You're capable, Father, and able and faithful to perform all that You've promised, Lord Jesus. So, Father, we just commit the reading of the Word now to You. Break the bread of life again, Lord. Feed our souls, we pray. Jesus, we've come with a big cup tonight, Lord, expecting You to fill it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen 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 let's take our bibles together thank you to the musicians god bless you god bless you sister claudette god bless you for that special amen He still saves. amen amen oh the precious blood of jesus amen that's brother Danny had mentioned was, there's a few traveling. The memorial service for the gym is tomorrow, I believe. And so just remember that in prayer for the family and those that will be there and traveling. Amen. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5, if you would. Romans chapter 5. Amen. Welcome you all to the house of the Lord. All the regulars, all the visitors, all the semi-regulars. Amen. God bless you. Seems a little few in number tonight, but if you all brought your little lick of fire with you, which I think you did, we're gonna be all right. Because if ever two or three are gathered in his name, he said he'd be there in the midst of them and he's here. Amen. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is, in, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God And the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ. How many was it by? One man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Hallelujah. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the Lord as a blessing to the word. You may have your seats. Amen. I want to just begin here, and I can't seem to get away from the thought of integrity, so tonight we'll just take a title of Integrity in Failure. Integrity in Failure. And I want to just take and start here in Romans chapter 5, if we could, and if you just bear with me a little bit, and so you know it's a Wednesday night, but you know it's a Wednesday night. It's not just a Wednesday night. It's a Wednesday night. See, there's a difference there. Amen. We came to have church. We came to enjoy the presence of the Lord, enjoy all of his benefits that he pours out daily upon us. Amen. We came to be in the presence of God, not just to come and drag ourselves to sit on a hard wooden pew. I'm convinced that end time message tabernacle that nobody comes here because they really want to sit in these pews. Because of the pews. It's because there's something else here. It's because you've came to be in the presence of God, Amen. So, hey, that's my bid for don't bid, don't pad the pews. If you're case you're wondering, you can all see me out back. I'll slip out that way. <laughs> Amen. All right, now the butterflies are going the same way. Romans chapter five, we find that by one man's sin. That, that, offense, that offense came and that even, if, even for those who didn't sin, as the scripture would say, after the similitude of Adam, they didn't go to the same disobedience as Adam. Maybe they lived or Enoch lived that type of a holy life that he couldn't say, well, I sin like Adam sinned. But still, he was subject to that one man that had brought death into the world. That had brought this by one man's sin into the world. But in all of it, that was, there was a representation there. But in all of it, there was another man. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that by one man's obedience, the Lord Jesus Christ, righteousness was brought to many. And that this free gift of grace and the Holy Ghost was brought to many. But it was something now that was, 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 was not anything that we could do. In all of this scripture in in Romans chapter 5, and as you read Romans chapter 5, really what you're reading is you're reading justification, and as you're reading it, you begin to realize there's nothing I can do to merit this. This is nowhere in here is the scripture where I put my name and say, yes, that's me, except for the word Many. By one man's righteousness, by one man's obedience, by one man's sacrifice, by Jesus Christ coming and dying for me, I am the many that are a beneficiary of what he did. Amen. And it's nothing that I could do because I in myself am not, not, uh, I don't have the integrity or the righteousness in order to produce that. Because I was born in sin. Right from the beginning, you and I, we were born in sin. We came into the world speaking lies. It wasn't our choice. We didn't choose that way. But because of Adam, we came that way. Because of Eve, we came that way. As Brother Banham would say in the message oneness, he says, When Adam and Eve listened to the lie of the devil, the holy image of God left them. Think about for a moment, as Brother Branham goes into it in great deal in detail in this message, how Adam and Eve, they were sitting in a place of perfectness. Perfection was there. There was, there was no sickness. There was no death. There wasn't even a worry. There was nothing that, could, uh, that would bother them at all. But it would be the moment they disbelieved. The moment they disbelieved one word of God, that Eve listened to the lie of the devil, the holy image of God left them and the fellowship was broken. Their fellowship of oneness with God, that's what they had one with God, that they were one with him, that God would come down in the cool of the evening and begin to fellowship with them. And it wasn't in a ways of thunders and lightnings. It was sweet words that he would begin to pour out to them and they would begin to speak and they would begin to have fellowship as a father with son. Oh my, and it was a wonderful time in the Garden of Eden. But the moment they believed the devil's lie, the life of the devil came into Eve. And the very minute they listen to the lie, they broke their fellowship. And the very minute you listen to the lie of the devil, it'll break your fellowship. That brings it right down to you and I now. The very moment that we want to listen to the lie of the devil, we've been given the word of God. We've been given so many revelations and we live in an age when all of the mysteries of God have been revealed. We've never had so much knowledge. We live in what's called an information age. And why is it that way? Brother Bradham would take you, say we always talk about the, the 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 wickedness of the age and how it's getting more and more and more wicked. Why is it getting more wicked? It's because the church is getting more and more powerful. And as the church becomes more like Christ, the world, Satan's eating, becomes more like him. It has to be that way. There has to be that contrast there. But in all of it, we find that in it, we are getting more and more like Christ. We're getting more and more power of the word in us. And I'm jumping way ahead there for a minute. But, but, but in all of it, it's for a purpose. But the moment you stop believing the word of God, the moment you accept the devil's lie. The moment you accept his thought that he puts in your mind and he tries to make you disbelieve and tries to make you say, it's not for you. It's not really the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not really for you. He tries to put another thought. The divine healing just isn't really there anymore. He tries to put other thoughts in your mind. You say, Brother Andrew, we're in the message. We're beyond that. Really? You've never had the devil put those thoughts in your mind? Try and inundate you when you're sick and bad and you're laying there looking up at the ceilings and say, it's okay, you'll get over it eventually. Miracles don't really happen anymore. Oh my, he tries to put those thoughts in our mind all the time. He tries to tell you, you're a strong guy, you got this. That's another lie of the devil. We're living in failure. This flesh is a failure. That's what it is. If we jump down, if I'll just jump ahead for a quick moment, because failure—if you define failure—it's a deficiency. We're deficient of what we ought to be. But failure is an omission. We're unable to do what's what's expected of us in our flesh. What's expected? How could we ever get back to God? How could we ever live for God? How could we ever pick up the law? As, as Paul would write in Romans 5 and he would write in Romans 7 and talk about when I would do good, evil's present with me. I'm not able in my flesh. There's an omission there. There's something that's failing in me. It's a total defect, even, or a decay, or just a, a breaking in general. That's our flesh. That's because of the sin that we're born in. But he goes on to say in the message oneness, he says that's the very minute you go out from the presence of God like she did is when you failed to take God's word just as it is. Oh my, that still applies today. That might be very straight and very particular on a Wednesday night. You say, I just wanted to be encouraged tonight. We're going to get there. But we got to get here first to recognize the moment you step outside of it and say, I don't really see it quite like that. You're missing it. You take yourself right outside of the presence of God. Listen, I'm going to say it this way. God didn't kick Eve out. Eve put herself out. The moment Eve disbelieved it. Sorry, I'm just having very trouble with this mic. Apologize for touching it. But Eve, the moment that she disbelieved it, it wasn't that God came down in great thunder and lightning and just get out of here. How could you? know? Eve broke the fellowship. And when Adam partook of it with her, he broke the fellowship. He willingly stepped outside of it for the sake and love of his own wife that he was willing to partake of those things. But by that, Death entered in and reigned from Adam to Moses until the law came. Really, as I said, if we, if we want to jump ahead a little bit, Romans, the chapter 5, Paul largely deals with justification. And then if you read it in chapter 6, he deals quite largely with sanctification as he begins to go into chapter six, starting with "If you're justified, shall you continue in sin? God forbid." It says then, if you, if you then, he, then he goes into, you should yield your members as members of righteousness. And he goes into whatsoever you obey, who, who whatsoever you obey, that's whose servant you are. If you obey the, the, the thoughts of the devil, that's whose servant you are. If you obey the word of God, that's whose servant you are. Amen, it depends where your obedience lies, that's where your allegiance lies, and that's whose servant you become. And in chapter 7, Paul begins to deal actually with the infancy of the new birth. He begins to deal with a newborn Christian, really, where he begins to talk about how long, as long as you are alive to yourself, then the law applies to you and you're subject to its headship. When he talks about if you pick up your Bibles, go to Romans chapter 7, you begin to find out what he says, when a woman, when her husband is yet alive, she's subject to him. That's the way it is for the church. As long as you, the individual, are alive to yourself, trying to walk in your own way, you're going to have to answer to the law. But he goes on to say, but when the, when the husband is dead, she's free from that. When you're dead to yourself and no longer walking after your own ways, you become alive in Jesus Christ. You're no longer subject to that because there's something else in you living. Oh, my. Let's pick it up, if we could, at Romans chapter 7 and verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. It says, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. This is the contradiction of someone who's just been born again, and they've just had an experience with God, and they've just come into this, 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 this walk with the Lord, and they begin to struggle within themselves and say, God, I know you came, I know you touched me, and I'm trying to do right, but there's, I just keep tripping, and I just keep tripping, and I just keep tripping. It's exactly like a baby that's trying to learn how to walk. He doesn't immediately jump up and immediately start walking. Praise God. I got a niece that's trying to do that. Little sailor. She's real sweet and cute. She's just, she didn't crawl at all. She's just trying to walk, and she, she keeps having to hold on to mommy's hand. We got to do that a little more often. Hold on to daddy's hand a little bit. Hey, man, if you just got that experience, don't try and get out there on your own. you find yourself on your back, on your face, on your side, down the stairs, all these different things, and it hurts, and it hurts, and it hurts. And when I would do good, I just can't. The things that I would do, I, I, I don't do it. But what is it? It's something that's happening inside the individual that you know it's right. You know what the right thing to do is that baby knows if I could just stand here and put this foot in front of this foot, but somehow when I get from here to there, I end up over here. So help me get from here to here and here to here and here to here. And he begins to go on in the next verse, as if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. I need that hand reaching out to me. And it says, but now, when it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Oh, hallelujah. And he says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, he begins to clarify, he begins to break down something. You say, we've gone into this scripture so many times, it's good to remind ourselves. Stir up our pure minds, by way of remembrance is, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. In my flesh, there's a whole lot of Failure. There's a whole lot of things that I've done wrong, situations that I've messed up, hurts that I've caused, and hurts that I've received, things that I've done that there's no good thing in it. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Oh my, for the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do He says, now if I do that, I would not. Is it, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. There's still something present with me that keeps tripping me up. The next verse says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Verses at 21. Oh, my, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who's going to do it? Christ. Who's working it? By one man. He's already done it. But Paul's beginning to beginning to describe and beginning to express what's it like for every individual that comes to God. It's exactly like this. Oh, wretched man that I am. There's a war in me. There's a battle in my members. And we know the story. Which one, which dog is winning? The one I feed the most. The one that I feed the most, that's the one. How do I learn how to be like Christ? i got to keep feeding. i got to keep on it. We just had some come back from a camp. God bless you. Feed that experience. Amen. Amen. If God's ever been there and, and touched you in a way, get in the message of the hour. Get in the Word. Pick it up. Feed on it. Pray. Seek God earnestly that he teach you how to walk. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, when with the mind I serve, by myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So, in this, we find a contradiction. Where we begin to talk about it and say, listen, in my flesh, I'm a failure. But inside of that, there's integrity. Inside of that, there's something that is warring against it, that is pushing out. That is helping me to overcome. In order for there to be a battle, there has to be two sides. A battle isn't just the flesh. If the flesh is the only thing there, there is no battle. There is no paddle, and you know you're in a bad spot then if the devil's not after you because he's got you. If he's never fighting you, if he's never putting those thoughts in you, trying to discourage you, he's got you. But he's fighting you because there's something in you pushing back against it. He's trying to tell you you're not worth it because there's something in you saying you are worth it. He's trying to tell you you're not a son of God, you're not a daughter of God because there's something in you saying, yes, I am. Amen. Hallelujah, there's something hell. He's trying to push and say the rapture's not for you because there's a Spirit of God in there calling out for a rapture, calling out for a body change. That's why he's pushing so hard. Oh, praise be to God. He's trying so hard to flip the tables because he wants to bruise your head so bad. Because he's sick of his being stepped on. But we have a word of God that says we shall bruise his head. And he can't come any higher than the bottom of my feet. Hallelujah. Oh my Paul as he begins to deal with this. This progression of the Christian walk. He recognizes as we get into chapter 8, he begins to recap the chapters at the end of chapter 8. But as he starts chapter 8, he begins to talk about, but in Christ, those who walk in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Oh, there's still a conviction for what is right, but there is no more condemnation. There is no more where the devil's winning the battle because you're found in Jesus Christ. And as long as you believe the word, as long as you stay behind that defense, he can touch you right. and then why does it hurt so bad because you've got to walk away from that first as soon as Eve disbelieved one word she put herself outside of the presence of God oh my as Paul began to deal with this progression he began to recognize something in it as, as it begins to come alive to him as he was there perhaps riding this, as we believe he was riding this in the jail, or as he was in captivity in Rome, and he was chained to a Roman soldier. He was there chained to a Roman soldier. They were together. We know how it's been preached here before, but I just want to bring it back up to your remembrance. That he was chained to a Roman soldier, and as he began to think about these things, it began to remind him perhaps of his early walk. And I would do good. He was express it with me. I want to get down and pray, but this Roman soldier, he's right here beside me. We're chained together. I want to read the word, but this Roman soldier, he's chained to me. I'm stuck with him. He began to realize in my body, it's impossible for me to be anything but a failure to the law of God. But that's why Christ came. And died to redeem us from our sinful flesh. So that I could walk according to the law of God. In my mind bringing every thought captive to the spirit of Christ. That is within me. That's where he begins to go in chapter 8. He begins to go down and he begins to say we didn't receive the spirit of fear. We received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry Abba Father. Before that he goes back and says but if the same spirit. That raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, it will also quicken, bring subject, your mortal body. If it's the Spirit of God in you, it will win the fight. Hallelujah. He's a conqueror. He's more than a conqueror. Oh, my. Let me just jump way ahead because we're way over the place anyway, so here we go. The Patmos vision, the church age book, Brother Branham would say this, but nothing could conquer Christ. He that descended is now ascended above all. And unto him that was given a name that is above every name. Yes, he conquered death, hell, and the grave, and has the keys thereof. What he looses is loosed. What he binds is bound. Oh my, think of it. You won't have a foot to stand on if you get to judgment and you begin to say, but I fought for the people's freedom. I fought for the people's rights. I fought for the my my God-given American Canadian rights, and I did everything. God I helped people through their life. I did all these things. He would look at you. I believe this all in my heart. He would look at you and say, Why would you waste your time with that? You say, really? Because he said, he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Why didn't you spend your time getting them to me? And I'll set them more free than any country can. Why would we waste our time on that when we got a better kingdom to be fighting for? We've got a God that is willing and able to set you free, not just from the oppression of mask and mandate and this and that and that and this, but to set you free from sin. What he looses is loosed. What he binds is bound. There's no changing of it. There's no conqueror before him. There is none beside him. He alone is the Savior, Redeemer. He is the only God. The Lord Jesus Christ is his name. Don't fear, John. Don't fear, little flock. All that I am, you are heir to. Oh, my my power is yours my omnipotence is yours as I stand in your midst I have not come to bring fear and failure but love and courage and ability and we're living in the age today when Jesus Christ is again standing in the midst of his church receiving all of the glory why? because all that was in Christ, God he poured into Christ he he emptied himself into Christ and all that was in Christ he emptied himself into the church so that you could be God oh my what did it bring did it bring fear and failure no that's what this sinful body brought he brought love and courage and ability all power is given unto me he says and it's yours to use What doth hinder us? What doth hinder us? It's this weak hand of faith. The Bantam says this word of God, it requires a strong hand of faith in order to wield it properly. Oh my, he says it's yours to use. You speak the word and I will perform it. That is my covenant and it can never fail. Oh my. Hallelujah. This is the only time in the message, the Brother band never uses these words I will perform. Because God, He's not a performer, God is a builder. He says in his word of God, he says, I will build my church. He actually says in 17 times in the message, he uses the statement, I will build. Once he uses it, I will perform. See, I will build is mentioned with authority referring to the fact that God is the builder of the church. Not man, not organization, not denomination, not our ideas. This flesh brings failure. But God is the builder of the church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Against what the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, because that's how He builds His church. He Himself comes and indwells in it and says, This is my church. This is the place where I choose to put my name, is in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Nine times in the scripture, God says again, I will build. Nine times in the scripture. Only once in all of the scripture and in all, or sorry, in all the messages he says, I will perform, and only three times in the scripture does he say directly, I will perform. The performing is always dealing with the covenant. The promise of God, he is saying, I will perform it based on your faith. I will perform my words, my promise, based on what you believe. Exactly like Adam and Eve, if they would have just kept with the word of God, if they would have just stayed there, God would have performed his word. They would have been fruitful. They would have multiplied. They would have brought forth every seed after a kind. It would have been a wonderful time. But where we have that, Brother Branham says in oneness, he says, where they stood, you're standing there right now. Hallelujah. What place? No sickness, no death, no worry. How do I do it? Just believe. Only believe. Have faith in God. See the promise of God, he's saying, I will perform based on your faith. You speak and I will perform. That's the covenant. You speak, I will perform. It's a covenant of grace, grace, grace. I came to you. I provided for you. I've given the promise. I've given you the Holy Ghost. Now go and do it. Speak. That's why he came to Moses when Moses came to the Red Sea. And oh, we had the cliffs on both sides and the Egyptians behind him. He said, God, what do I do? Why do you cry? Speak and go forward. Speak and I will perform. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I told you to do it. Do it. That's the Rhema. The Rhema word of God. R-H-E-M-A. the Greek word Rhema. Rhema means the word that is uttered. An utterance. It's an uttered word. It's something that's spoken. It's got to come from lips. It's got to be spoken out verbally. The Rhema word, the Rhema is the word that God is the word of God uttered that brings the logos which is God, which is the word, into performance. The Rima, when you utter the word of God in faith, it brings God into performance. It calls him into action. In you was a seed. Amen, we're turning a bit of a corner here. In you was a seed. For whom he did for now, he did predestinate. He predestinated you unto the adoption of sons. So he put in there a seed. That seed is a part of God. So I want to say it this way. That seed is not like you and I. We're coming up to the gardening season. Or at least we thought we were until this morning. But we're coming up to the gardening season. And you have all these seeds. But it's not that in you is literally a seed. That you could look at or science can't find it. Why? Because it's not a literal seed like that. It's a little part of God. A seed is a, is a term that is, in other words, is meaning that, that in that little thing, because in a seed that you plant in the ground, it's just an ugly little thing, but out of it comes a beautiful flower. But all of that was in that ugly little seed. So that's what it is in God. When you, when you have that the seed gene of God within you, it doesn't look like what it could be, because in you, you were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. In the spirit, you were ugly. So was I. All right? So so we find that in the spirit, because we're born in sin, that's how it was. It didn't look good. It didn't look like there was anything in there, but there was potential in that seed to bring forth the bride of Christ, exactly as God said it would be. But what what had to come about in order to bring that about? Because in that seed then, that little, little seed was a part of God, which means it was a piece of the Logos. It was a seed. That little part of the word, the Logos setting there dormant waiting for the right time. But when the rhema word, the utterance, the spoken word struck it, that's what had to come across its path. That's why it would say, when the deep calleth out to the deeps at the noise of thy water spouts. When the deep calls out, there has to be a deep to respond. There has to be something there. Why? Because the ream and the Logos, it's the same thing. One is spoken and one is. Oh my, so when the one that's spoken comes to the one that is, it brings life to it. Deep responding. It sprung the Logos, that seed that's in you. It sprung that into action. That's why you had to be predestinated to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because Brother Bradham would say, You didn't become sons, you always were. How is that possible? Was there a priest? No, you always were because in you was a little part of the Logos that as he spun it out, he spun it out and it manifested in its season in the right time that God said that's the time, just like when he created the heavens and earth, he spun on a star Brother the bottom would say, and he'd just wait as it would come down through time, he'd say, stop right there, that's the spot what was he doing, he was writing his first Bible, and in that he began to write a second Bible in the pyramids just perfectly, exactly the way it was and tell Enoch, just do it this way, just put seven steps, just make it 360, just do it this way, Why? Wow, there was a certain reason God was writing a Bible and when he wrote this one he inspired men of old moved of the Holy Ghost what was it it was God saying stop right there because I've got Rachel Jackson right there and oh my what was going on As if you had to spit it out this way there's Mark Parasol stop right there that's his seed when that word comes to that logo it'll strike yeah. oh hallelujah I am excited. Hallelujah! I feel like praising, praising Him. Hallelujah! We got something to worship about because Satan tried. I love it when oh, when Satan he tried so hard to rob God. He put his seed in God's garden. But God said, go ahead. I've already planted a whole bunch of seeds. I've already taken my logos and I've spun it out across a people, And I've got seed in your garden and it's multiplied. And there's more in there that you could ever get your hands on. Oh, praise be to God. And he's trying so hard to pour his pesticide and his herbicide all over you. But there's potential in that seed that there ain't no herbicide can stop it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because if God be for us, how do I know God's for me? Because there's a part in me that's the Logos. God is for me. It ain't me. I find that a law. When I would do good, this evil's present with me, but it ain't me. It's Jesus Christ in me, causing me to live this life. Oh, hallelujah. The Logos within you. When the Rima came to it, the Logos, it began whirling. It began swirling. It came to life. That's why there became a war within yourself. Because something in there began moving. Began crying out against the sins of your own flesh. Began crying out against the members of unrighteousness. I can't walk this way anymore. I can't do these things anymore. I can't talk this way anymore. Why? Because it was God.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: See, all power is given to me, and that power is yours. It's like the Urim and Thummim, the Logos and the Rima. The Urim Thummim, as we know in the scripture, i preached on here before. It would be very either on the priest or they would have it on the post of the temple. And when someone would prophesy or they would say a prophecy, they would bring them to the Urim and Thummim. It was the breastplate. It was the Urim Thumb and we're behind the breastplate of the stones. And in it, if the prophecy was true, it would light up. Amen. In other words, listen, if the rhema was true, the logos would go into action. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why when somebody came by your way before you received the light of the hour and they begin to preach to you something, you know what? All of it didn't sound so good. You can, okay, that's nice, but you know, there's got to be something more. Oh, that's nice, but there's got to be something more. Well, that's that's good. I I like this little part over here, but that, I just can't accept that. There's something about it when you were baptized wrong, and you just begin to go, well, okay. This is what I have to do. And you come out of the water, you go, man, it just doesn't seem right. But when the truth came across your path, it began to flash. It began to put something into action. You begin to go, oh, this is real. This is the this is the rhema. This is the word of God that begins to be spoken out. When I sat under that voice, when I heard the message of the hour and the tape began to speak, there was a voice behind that voice that, that sounded to me, the co-worker next to me sitting there going, what's that you listening to? Turn it off. I don't like it. And he's like, oh, this is life. Yeah. Hallelujah. The truth in what you are professing as a believer is in the moving of the Logos to back up the Rhema word that you speak as your confession. Oh. Hallelujah. This is exactly how divine healing works. When you begin to, like Paul Ryan, as we heard on Sunday, when he began to confess, Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise God for healing me. Praise God for healing What was it? That was the Rima word that was going out. He said, the word of God said, I'm healed. So I'm healed. I'm just going to keep confessing I'm healed. Just like Brother Bantam who sat there, he just kept eating another bite of beans and onions sounds nasty when I'm healthy. Beans and onions, and he just kept eating it, and it just kept coming back up, and he put it back in there, swallowed it back down, and he put his hand over his mouth. Why? The ream word. He just kept confessing it. I'm healed. I'm healed. Someone come and say, and he's half doubled over walking down this tree. Oh, man, so much and so much. How you doing, brother? I'm, I'm doing wonderful. Praise God. I'm healed. As soon as they walk away. You say, brother Andrew, that's That's lying. No, that's confessing. That's the ream of word coming out. Just like God said in the beginning, let there be light. It might have taken a hundred million, billion years to bring forth, but He believed His word and it happened. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. All power is given to me and it's yours to use. Oh, my. You just take the word and begin to confess it. Put the word of God on your lips. It'll bring the Logos into action. It'll put that Logos, that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead. It'll put that into action and begin to bring that body. Brother Ed, Brother Harold, it'll bring that body subject to the word of God that you put on your lips. It has to line up because it's the word of God and it's yay and amen. It says in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. It says, For God in sun-dried times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Hath in those days, in in these last days, spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the, the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Where did his power lie in the word. Yeah. Oh, praise be to God. It wasn't that God came down with a strong arm. He just spoke and believed it. Oh, how many times was Jesus here on earth where he just said, thy faith has made thee whole. The woman that come and just touched the hem of his garment, he didn't turn around and just have a big prayer meeting. He said, thy faith has made thee whole. Oh, praise be to God. Because she had a confession on her lips, if I could just touch. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'd be whole. Oh, praise be to God. I guess I'll just turn to it because I can't find it in there. Mark chapter 16 would write it this way so familiar to us, I could just read it, but I want to get it right. It says, but he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. I'm going to give you some rhema right now. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. There was a woman that said, If I could just touch the hem of his garments and the same one that, whose garments it was, said, if you lay your hands on the sick. Why don't you just put your hand on the person next to you right now? Go on, put your hand on the person next to you right now. Said, well, "Are we going to have a prayer meeting right now?" No, that's not what it said. It doesn't say have a prayer meeting. It said, "Put your hands." It said, "Lay your hands." Do you believe? Lay your hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You, know, I don't feel sick. Whatever it is, physical sickness, spiritual sickness, or sickness of the soul. All of it, he says, you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. Say, when will it happen, brother Andrew? Right now, right now? I don't know. He said, they shall. It's up to us to speak it in faith and put the Logos into action. Let God do the work. Because he gave the promise, and if he doesn't fulfill it, he's guilty. That's a quote. Brother Branham says that. If God doesn't fulfill the word of God, he's guilty of it because he promised it and he told you he would perform it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <sighs> Upholding all things. Be not afraid, he says. There's a different word used between the appearing of Christ and the coming of Christ. It's two different words altogether. He said Christ is appearing in these last days in his church, bringing his church together in unity and faith and power in the word altogether. That when he returns... He'll find the same church. Oh, praise God. I believe he's here finding that church. One that believes, one that's in unity. More than anything, brothers and sisters, talking to your brother today about it. The more I pray about it and say, Lord, what about this and what about that? The more I just hear it over and over in my mind. What is that to thee? Oh. It wasn't for Peter to get all up at himself and say, well, what about John, John, John? He, how you, what if it to thee if he tarries till I come? What is it to thee if this brother goes over there, or that one goes over there, this one's up there, or that one's down there? What is that to thee? Keep your eyes on the word. Keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your eyes on the Logos. And what will be happening is from your lips will come the rhema. It will bring the Logos into action. Oh, my. so Brother Andrew, you don't know what I'm dealing with. I've got so much failure in my life. I've got so much I've tried. People have shoved me down. People have told me. People have pushed me all over the place. I've seen so much hypocrisy. Oh, my. you got your eyes on the wrong thing. I'll paraphrase it quickly. I was going to go to Genesis chapter 12 because in Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abram. And he calls Abram, and he sends him down to a land. And as he goes down to this land, and he says, "I'll bless thee; And whoever will bless thee, I will, will be blessed. Whoever will curse thee, will be cursed." And he says, "I will give your, this, this land to your seed once he gets down there." Lot's hanging around, watching all these things, going, "Yeah, I like this. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to. Everyone who curses me is going to be cursed. This is great. Little make-believer, Lot, down here." And he gets right on down there and he he starts going down with Abraham and he's wonderful. And then he hears where Abraham comes. He begins to testify around the supper table. God spoke to me today. He said, look at all this land. I'll give it to your seed. Lot goes, yeah, that's me. All right. I'm going to be prosperous. I got prosperity doctrine. (laughs) That's all he's seeing, right? And he's just, oh, he's just having a jubilee. When times were great, he was having a jubilee. Then we find the next few verses, they get down, there's a famine in the land. And he starts looking around this land going, really, this is what I get? And they go down to Egypt, they make it all the way down to Egypt, and he's, he's, he's there with Abraham, because he's with Abraham, and there's a famine in the land, so they all make their way down south, and they go down there to Egypt, they haven't separated ways yet, and they get right down there. And he knows God spoke to Abraham, so he's got his eyes on Abraham. A lot of people today got their eyes on a man. He's got his eyes on Abraham. This guy, God's called him out. God's given him all these things. God's blessing him. Praise God. This is amazing. We're having wonderful prosperity. We had a little trouble up there, but he, he's going down here south, so I'm with him. And he gets right down there. He's like, we're going to have a time down here. And praise God, we're blessed. And anyone who curses me is cursed. I'm somebody. And they get right down there. And here comes Abraham and says, it's my sister. Locke goes, what? I thought this guy was perfect. God spoke to him. And he's got great experiences. And he's my pastor. And he's somebody. And he just told a lie like this? Hypocrisy. Dude, where, where did it start? Their herdsmen begin to bicker amongst one another. Where does that start? The prophet says, you be careful what you say about your ministry, about ministry around your children. Why? Because where does it start? See, my children, they never listen to the pastor. Well, rewind. we back to the supper table and we get back here and there's, I don't like what Pastor Harold said today. And he, he was just, oh man, he was hard on me. Now my children won't listen to him. How come? Why were the herdsmen fighting? Why were they getting, not getting along? Why was all these things going on? He said, "Well, there wasn't water." Well, yeah, because they were trying to bicker over because they were hearing something in their own camp saying, "Well, Abraham's not all that spiritual. He's not all that great. He told a lie down there." And then God said he had to pray for him. I'm not so sure about this whole message thing, anyways, because now we got. I'm not I'm kind of confused. He lost sight of the Logos. He lost sight of what was going on. That he was down in a place where he ought not have been in the first place. But he couldn't understand the seed. He couldn't understand that Abraham was predestinated for a purpose and he was to bring forth a son, and God called him. And God was not looking at the integrity of Abraham's flesh, he was looking at the integrity of the promise, and he knew the promise would not fail. He wasn't even looking at Sarah when Sarah laughed, he was looking at the covenant that I will perform. Amen. Oh, praise be to God. You might be looking and say, I'm such a failure tonight. I'm a failure in every which way, shape, or form. God's not looking at you. He's looking at the real you. Inside the low God said, I will perform. Amen. Well thought that I had of you is before the foundation of the world. It won't fail because it's part of me. <laughs> Hallelujah. It won't fail because it's part of me. And you can no more die than God can die. Yeah. Oh, and if God could die, the devil would have killed him a long time ago. Yeah. Let me be more specific. 2,000 years ago. Right? Because he tried when able. Oh, my. Because there was a promised seed. it was going to come one that was going to redeem. Hallelujah. There was coming one that was going to redeem. I feel good right about now. I don't really care what time it is. I don't know about you. But he was coming one that was going to redeem. So he thought, well, I'm going to get him. So he got in and he inspired his own son, Cain. And he got right down there and he killed Abel. He said, I got him now. But there came a resurrection called Seth. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. And we come down all through time. He thought, I could kill him this way. I would kill him that way. Finally, he come down to Christ. He said, I got him now. Yeah. He sunk his only weapon of death so far into God. He lost his only weapon. Oh, praise be to God. Just like Goliath, he stood there with a great big boast. It said, I'm going to feed you to the birds and I'm going to kill you. I'll take you and put you on a spear. It'll be a great thing. He said, the battle's not mine. The battle is the Lord's. And that little stone didn't kill Goliath. It just knocked him down. But there was something else. He took the devil's own weapon. And he cut his head off with his very own weapon. Oh, praise be to God. What's the end of the devil? Go read it in Revelation chapter 19, 20. You'll find out it's his very own weapon. The like of fire, the devil's hell. I'll oh, put him right in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, praise be to God. Yeah. Satan ain't got nothing on us. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, what is it? In the message oneness, he says, what is it? You've got to get with the word. Get yourself killed out. Whew. Oh, hallelujah. That's exactly what Paul was dealing with. As long as you're alive to that old husband, you're subject to it. As long as you're alive, you're subject to what the devil says. But you got to kill yourself you got to lay yourself down. And that representation of that is in the waters of baptism. If you went in there alive and you went in a wet, dry sinner, you came up a wet sinner. But if you died first, you came up a candidate to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's clean and sanctified and justified, ready for service. Oh, my. But he says, you got to kill yourself out. I'm persuaded that many of us, friends, have received the Holy Ghost. But we just receive enough. Till we get to Romans chapter seven and that's about it. We don't ever get all the way to Romans chapter eight. We just get to Romans chapter seven and we just get there where it's just, oh man, when I would do good, oh God. Evil's present with me. Oh, there's nothing good in me. I'm a terrible failure. I just over and over. Oh God, and that's as far as we get. It's just to the point where we don't. We know it's wrong to tell a lie. We know it's wrong to do this, and we know it's wrong to do that. He says, "But listen. But God wants to fill every fiber of His church. Doesn't matter if it's talking about your soul, your spirit, your body, your hair, which is dead follicles. He wants to fill every fiber." Oh, praise be to God of his church. He wants to fill your thinking. He wants to fill your mind. God, this is kenosis. This is God wants to empty himself into you so you're so full. He can fill your mind. He wants to fill every bit of you. Just make you completely, totally dead to yourself and to your thinking. Just so surrendered in God till His Word's just living right through you. Oh, praise be to God, you don't know nothing else but God's Word. Just stay right with His Word, it is life. He says, my words are life, said Jesus. He placed with them. Teachers believe in the Bible. Prophets that say the truth, that say, show the same prophecy they've always did through the ages. Once he's done, he's showing himself alive among them, confirming his word. His word. His word. The kingdom of God is God's word made power. We could go right to Hebrews chapter 12 right there. We have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. What is that kingdom? That kingdom is God's word made power. In other words, it's not just the logos in the heart. It had to become rhema. It had to be spoken in faith. There had to be a power behind it that God would bring to manifest Once again, it's easier to find it in the Bible than it is in my notes. Don't know why. Praise be to God. But it says this in Mark chapter 11 and verse 20. Says, and in the morning they passed by and they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Oh, I love that. It didn't dry up from the branches like the sun dried it. It was such a miraculous miracle. It wasn't just that, well, a drought could have happened and, you know, it just got scorched. It was a hot day after all, you know. But no, from the roots, from right down where the life came from, it just came right on out of it. Because it was cursed of God. Whatever he curses is cursed. And it says this, and then Peter called to remembrance and him, saying, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curses and withered away. And Jesus answered him and said, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed, and thou, that be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Hallelujah. When the Logos begins to become Ramah, and he doesn't doubt in the Logos, how can you doubt in your heart when it's the Logos in there? Because God in the beginning believed his own word and the world that you're standing on is a result of it. So is it with you when you speak out of that logos becomes rhema? It has to come to pass. Because it's the same God. Oh, praise be to God. All power is given to me and it's yours to use. Let's stand to our feet. All power is given to me, and it's yours to use. What are you gonna do with it? Oh, praise be to God. Oh, praise be to God. What are you gonna do with it? There's a, there's a brother I really love dearly. His name's Brother Ron Spencer. He says, When God's your partner, you better have big plans. All power is given to me and it's yours to use. When God gives you that kind of promise, you better got big plans, Brother Max. You better have big plans, Brother Stephen. You better have big plans, Sister Rachel. You better have big plans. You better have big plans, Sister Kathy. You better have big plans, Brother. Don't you worry about what the devil's whispering in your ear right now, saying, oh, I don't know if this is for the millennium. Hold on. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 says this way. It says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Oh, praise be to God. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. But he turns that right around to you and says, you were once in darkness, but now, now you are light. Oh praise be to God. Praise be to God. That's why he jumps down to verse 14. this is wherefore he saith, "Awake thou that sleepeth. Awake thou that sleepest, wake up. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. and by it, the elders obtained a good report, but they, without us. Because there was something better for us. Yeah. They without us cannot be made perfect. They're waiting on you. They're standing on the brink of time. They're standing on that side of Jordan while we're standing on this side of Jordan right on the bank. Yeah. We're standing right on the bank of Jordan, right at the crossing of time. Right. Yeah. We're just waiting as that word, Logos sitting on the shoulders of the Levites the moment that revelation strikes and they tip their toes in the river it's going to be a great reunion all power is given to you given to me and it's yours to use oh my by one man's obedience he brought back to you the gift so that where Adam and Eve stood with perfection you're standing tonight You're standing there tonight. You're standing there with no sickness. So that I don't feel it. Just keep believing. Yeah. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Put that image before you. Say, God, that image of you, of me, before the foundation of the world, I'm going to keep walking into that. Listen, every time you get sick, you don't have to create a new image of yourself. Because whether I'm sick in the body or not, I still have an image before me that is myself before the foundation of the world, a theophany body that I'm trying to walk into. That's where my faith is taking me to. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm using it for. That's what I'm using it for. All power is given to me and it's yours to use. What are you using it for? So I just want a job. Well, praise God, that's a good thing. You can have it. Amen. You could have it. But what's the ultimate goal? Don't build up a kingdom up here, down here. There's a kingdom up in heaven which cannot be shaken. It's the Word of God in power. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my.
1: I feel like
0: praising, praising Him.
1: Oh, I feel like praising, praising Him. Oh, praise Him in the morning. Gonna praise Him all day long. Oh, oh, I feel like praising, praising, praising. Oh, praise him in the morning. Gonna praise him all day long. I feel like praising, him, praising. Him,
0: oh, my. He's worthy of our praise. He's so lovely, isn't he? he's so wonderful there's a song we haven't sang in a long time and I don't know if I had the voice to really sing it but behold he comes oh my he's riding on the clouds shining there's no God like Jehovah well, what's happening and he's coming what will he find a church in unity with the power of the word coursing through their veins something within them the logos moving calling out even so
1: come Lord Jesus Well these are the days of Elijah Declare. God like Jehovah. Amen. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah.